I'm preaching the final message for me for 2020 from the pulpit here at the Gasway campus. Um, I'll be doing another show tomorrow, um, uh, the Pulse WV Live in the morning, and then Christy and I will be heading uh, to Florida uh, for a vacation, and we'll be back for next Sunday morning. Next, uh, this coming Wednesday, we'll be continuing to show the uh, journey through Christmas. It's uh, part two of the, uh, part, well, actually three and four, that we're going to be showing this Wednesday night, so we encourage you to, uh, to be here for that. It's awesome. You'll love it. And, uh, and then we'll be back Sunday morning. Pastor Doug uh, Smales will be with us along with Kim, his wife. He will be preaching uh, the first service uh, the, of the new year of 2021. Um, and then real soon after that, uh, Celebrate Recovery will begin uh, on Thursday night. And so uh, he's really excited about that. We're really excited about, uh, about the transition of bringing him and, and Kim and just how God has just ordained it and orchestrated it. And it's been a two-year process, but then it's been a six-month uh, thought process. I mentioned it to him about two years ago, and then uh, then about six months ago, uh, we began to really talk serious about it. And so, um, what I'm asking you to do is that, uh, and some of you all are coming up to me with new ideas and things that you're wanting to do for the first of the year, uh, and what I've asked you to do is to hold on to those things until we get Pastor Doug uh, implemented into, um, in, into what we're doing. I've got it in my mind. I know what I need to talk about uh, to him. <laughs> And uh, just like uh, we just met this past week, and he said, I'm so excited to be able to come here and to pastor in a way and believe God and to do things. Now, what we're doing, and let me just kind of explain to you some things. Transition is not always easy. All right? Transition is not always easy. Winfield was easy because Jay was the, Jay was the, the founding pastor of that campus. All right, where I've been here for six years, what we're doing is I'm walking alongside with Pastor Doug and will be uh, until he feels comfortable enough to take the reins of Gasaway. Uh, I'm not just going to say uh, next week he shows up, well, see ya, and you won't see me again. No, not unless I find a place at Florida. That's real nice. But um, no, we'll be back, and, and then what we will do is he and I along with Pastor Jay and our administrative staff, will all work together through transition, and there's going to be new people that will come in. There's going to be new people that will come in that follow, that follow Pastor Doug, not as a, not, you know, you say, well, you don't follow a man. Well, you know, it's like people will follow where, where a man goes, uh, where a pastor goes. So there will be new people coming. There will be new mu musicians that will be stepping into, into roles, uh, and I'm just preparing you because it's going to be awesome. Connect teachers will, will remain in position. I'll still be playing guitar, but sometimes you'll see me rotate out, and you'll see <clears throat> maybe Pastor Doug playing guitar. You may see Sandy roll, uh, step out for a Sunday, and Pastor Doug may be playing bass guitar. Um, we have uh, another drummer that's, uh, that's coming, so uh, when, uh, when Mike's not here, we'll have somebody that will step in. Here's the key. It's just like I told you last week, and what I liked about Sandy when we first started talking about this, she didn't just grab a hold of her guitar and say, nobody's taking my position. She didn't say that. Her first thought was, 
well, does that mean Pastor Doug's going to play some? And, and she said, uh, and, and I said, yeah. She said, great, tell me when. So walk in today, and she said, now Pastor Doug's playing next week, right? And I said, no, not next week. And maybe, you know, so understand something is that this is a team effort. This is a team effort. And um, what I am finding with ministry is that the Pulse Church is allowing people who are called to work for the kingdom. And, And I'm not talking about under a dictatorship that I've been accused of over the years. Not a dictatorship at all, but a leadership. Leadership. Working together. Once we get Pastor Doug acclimated and get him in to, to the role, you're going to see me step back and you're not going to see me making huge decisions at church level. You'll see him making those decisions. You'll be working with him. You'll be working with him. I'm going to more so of a senior pastor level instead of more of a campus pastor level uh, within the Pulse Church. We have some other opportunities. We have an opportunity that we're going to look at the first of the year in Ohio, possibly Michigan, right there on that line uh, for a campus. Um, I always did say that I thought we had one more out of town and one more in town. So, uh, I mean, in the state. So, um, if that works out, I'm going to be in Michigan for a while, uh, getting that up and ready. But you got to understand something. I am having the time of my life. I am having the time of my life. My bills are paid. I'm so thankful for that. I've been able to stand in the pulpit and preach God's word for 31 years. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful. But I always thought that if Gasaway was going to be handed over to somebody, that God was going to hand somebody to Gasaway, it was going to have to be somebody that's local. And to really make it prosper and really do something with it. Why, Pastor Doug's from here. Pastor Doug run up and down these streets. Pastor Doug knows a lot of, a lot of the people. And, and a lot of people are going to come here. And our job is to make them feel absolutely as welcome as they possi- possibly can be. Because it's not their church and our church. It's our church. God's church. It's God's church. So... We'll be working through a lot of things, and so we're really excited about some opportunity, um, and we're really excited about what God's doing. Somebody told me they, that one person left this church, they said, you dream too big. And I said, well, John Sandy said, if you're not dreaming big and people aren't making fun of you, you're not dreaming big enough. And so I dream big, and I'm thankful for that, and, uh, and I'm really excited. I never thought in a million years. I always thought I'd be a corporate manager or a corporate, uh, I'd be in corporate America and uh, that um, I would be bivocational the rest of my life. It doesn't look like that that's going to happen, but if it does, I would walk right back into it if I could. But my, my up and coming 
goals uh, of what I feel like that God's going to do with me once we get Pastor Doug in place and once we go launch another campus or whatever we do there um, is to work on podcasts, work on the morning Bible study that I do, the political show that we do on Friday, whatever sandwiches in between, John Sandy getting him his, uh, his message out there, getting Pastor Jay's message out there. Pastor Jay marvels, <clears throat> and Tim Morris tells me all the time, he says, he says, I can't believe that that many people watch our show all over the world just to sit down and hear us talk. And Jay Bass says the same thing. Pastor Jay says the same thing. It's just an area that God is, God is working in, and I'm so thankful, nor could I ever take credit for it because I stumbled into it. I thought, well, I'll start doing one Bible study a week, and next thing you know, I'm doing five a week. So when we get back from vacation, I'm right back at the helm of that, helping Pastor Doug. We're, getting, uh, we're going to be busy getting the website up to date. We've got some things to do there. Pastor Jay's working on that this week. So I want you to know something, that you are involved in a happening church. You're not involved in a church that is dead. You're not involved in a church that's not going anywhere because we're going somewhere. And here's what I'm hoping. I cannot tell you this for sure, but I definitely have always had an evangelistic calling. And I love evangelism. I love praying for sick people and seeing them get healed and and preaching in churches. And what I am hoping that God will do, along with me doing podcasts and every other thing that I'm to do, uh, that I feel like God wants to do, and I will uh, oversee the administrative part of all campuses, like I do now, um, it's, uh, it's I'm excited that I'm hoping that I can start traveling and evangelizing. I'm hoping that God will open doors from, for us to take a team from either Winfield or Gasaway, uh, and to take a team, uh, a little bit of both, and go out and travel on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and be back in church for Sunday. That's what I'm hoping. I'm not going to try to open doors. God will have to open those doors. You know, we're working on some really neat things with Barb and do, her doing a podcast, um, you know, with uh, involving uh, for children uh, and uh, storytelling and story reading. And I'm telling you what, I am so excited. If you have a ministry and you're not speaking up about it, we want to see you involved. Because this thing is not based on, oh, and by the way, um, when, uh, the, the Winfield campus is going to be called the Winfield Putnam campus, no, no, the Pulse Putnam campus, because it is moving its location to Hurricane. They, the city of Hurricane has, uh, has, has contracted with the Pulse Church to, to rent the facility where they are since the school's closed. That's a, that's a prayer answer. We've been praying about that. So that they will meet at the Copper House down on Main Avenue in Hurricane uh, from now on until whatever God does. So that, uh, that one's going from uh, the Pulse Winfield to the Pulse Putnam. So we're working on making some changes. Isn't that exciting? It's exciting. Emmett's doing a, uh, Emmett's doing a live stream on, on Friday. I hope that I can help him in some areas. And Saturday, yeah, he does it Saturday too. Rewind on Friday. Yeah, it's, uh, it's on Saturday. I watched it about midnight last night. Uh, that's about the time that I got to it, and I went to bed at 2 o'clock this morning because I, I was sitting in, in, in the office at the house just so excited about stuff that I couldn't sleep. You don't know how excited I am. God, I thank you. 
I pray the gates of hell shall not prevail against this place. And I know it won't because you said you'd build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I apply the blood and I plead the blood of Jesus over your people. We bind this coronavirus in the name of Jesus. Command it to die in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that we will see healings. We will see miraculous things take place in 2021. Even in 2020. That 2021 will be the best year financially, spiritually, physically, and emotionally for the people of the Pulse churches. And God, we give you thanks and we give you praise and we give you honor for it because it is in the name of Jesus. You don't know how excited that I am. We've got two babies that are going to be born in 2021. You're due in January, right? You excited about that? <laughs> I bet. When's Alexa due? March. She's due in March. That's church growth, baby, right there. And I'm, so I'm really excited about it. So 2020 has been an awesome year. It is... Uh, People say that, and I get so sick of hearing this, Nellie, where you watch TV, unprecedented times. We're in difficult times. We're in unprecedented times. I just want to just throw something at the TV, but Christy paid for it, and it's probably not a good thing that I break it. But anyway, 2020 has been an awesome year. It's been an awesome year. It's been a, it's been a year of spiritual growth for some of you. God's still working on others to get them to the place where they need to be, and he's working on all of us. Some of us have seen supernatural debt reduction. That's happened at the Fowler House. A complete financial turn in our home, and I'm thankful. I'm just grateful. I'm, I'm just really grateful. We're starting to see hunger and thirst for righteousness. You look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, it talks about, this is in the Beatitudes, you, you, you hear this one, it says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for, their, for they shall be filled. And I looked that word up, and I thought, okay, what does the word blessed mean? You wouldn't think that the word blessed means this, but the word blessed means to be made holy. So when you people say, they, you know, Pastor Wright will say this, um, if you ask him, you say, how you doing, Pastor Wright? I am blessed and highly favored. I am blessed. I am being made holy. When you, look, when you define the word hunger, it's a feeling of discomfort and weakness caused by a lack of food, coupling with the desire to eat. And so when we can get to a place in our lives to where we're hungry for the kingdom of God more than we're hungry for, for uh, physical food, let me tell you something. God has you. Now, I, I've told you many times that I fast until noon on, uh, on uh, most days. I maybe take, like Saturday morning, Christy uh, will um, make breakfast, and I'll eat on Saturday morning, but then I'll make it up later on in the day. But I've had to extend that fast from, from 6 a.m. to noon because the 6 a.m. 6 to noon got easy. So I had to increase it. You say, well, you're bragging. No, I'm telling you this. Like pastor, like people. If I, don't, if I don't tell you what God's doing with me and what God's doing with me and how he's helping me, then how can I not testify to you? Now, if I got up here and bragged and said, well, everybody needs to fast. Everybody needs to be on the prayer call at, at, at 8 o'clock every night because I'm there and, and this kind of thing. 
you're the one missing out. You're missing out on the prayer call of some wonderful people that are praying for you. But not only that, but you're missing out on the power to be able to lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover because guess what? That only comes by prayer and fasting. You can't do that by any other way. You can't do it. The Word of God says that you can't lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover except by prayer and fasting. There's a cost in walking with Jesus, church. There's a cost. Been working on that cost for 31 years. I've lost friends. I've lost family over it. Uh, it's rocked our family, personal family. It's rocked our, everything about us. But let me tell you something. We are still standing because of Jesus. If it was easy, then that's where I would question that God was not in it. We've seen supernatural debt reduction. Uh, we've seen people that are struggling financially uh, have changed, and God's, God's moved that and fixed that. We've seen some awesome things. We've seen some neat things happen within uh, the body of Christ. But it's to be made holy and to feel comfortable and, 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 and being hungry is the showing that discomfort and that weakness. See, here's the key. that it, it's, it, Am I hungry right now? Sure, I am really, I, I'm hungry right now. But my, my, my physical body, but my physical body has to be told what to do. Because it will sin every chance that I allow it to. But let me tell you, I don't know how we can be successful in ministry or in anything that we do unless we have prayer and fasting behind it. So we pray, so we pray at 8 o'clock every night. Every night. I do a Bible study with you Monday through Friday. If I need to increase that on Saturday, I am willing to do that. Because the key to, the reason for that, to start that Bible study was not for you, but it was to start it for me so that I am constantly in the Word digging and, and getting revelation from God. And I'm thankful that you tune in on a regular basis. And I know that God's using it to help people because I find out, look, it's bigger. If you're dreaming only for Gasaway, then let me tell you something. You're not dreaming big enough. You're not dreaming big enough. But he says to be holy. And then to thirst means a feeling of needing or wanting a drink. Uh, to have your thirst quenched. And, and so those that are blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they are filled. Now here's the thing, reverse that a little bit. If you're not hungry and you're not thirsty for righteousness, then you're not blessed. Look at it backwards. Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. But according to this, if you're not hungry and you're not thirsting after righteousness, then you're going to be empty, and you're not going to be blessed. Now, who wants that? Not me. I don't want that. So I want to encourage you, we're not going to do the Daniel fast uh, this year, but what we are doing is to continue to do what you're doing. If you're not praying and fasting, and the devil is constantly whipping up on you, it's no wonder why. Because you don't have power behind, behind your prayer life. I mean, you say, well, do I always have to fast because I have a health condition? Well, let me tell you something. Pray about that. Pray about that. Some people take medication. Some people have to do that and, and this kind of thing. But let me tell you something. What you have to understand is that there are other things. Now, I believe this. I believe prayer and fasting in the Bible means prayer and fasting. That is food and that is water and that is, uh, I mean, that's what that means. But if your physical body doesn't allow you to do that, then I want to encourage you to do something. Because that's the only way that you're going to 
To prosper in your relationship with Jesus is denying the flesh and allowing the spirit to have its reign. And thank God for Pastor James Ashworth, who is now in heaven, who sat down and told me that, and I never forgot it. The English Standard Version says, for they that are satisfied, that will be satisfied. So if we are, if we are believing uh, and we are hungry and thirsting for righteousness, then we will be filled. But not only that, the English Standard Version says you will be satisfied. So the question is this. I hope today <coughs> that you want to deepen your relationship with Jesus. Now, with Jesus, it's about relationship. God is a, relationship, a relational God. He wants us to have relationship with us. Emmett uh, said that last night in his, uh, in his live stream. And, and so it's important that we understand <coughs> what God is after. You shall be filled. You shall be satisfied. But God wants us to continue to go deeper in our relationship with him. Do you agree? So how do we do that? Do we sit on the couch and watch as the stomach turns, have the remote in our hand, and say, okay, God, I want to go deeper with you. Here I am. You know, girls, here's what happens in relationships. When a, when a boy or when a, when a man, depending on how old or how young you are and, and all that kind of thing, when a man says that he wants to go deeper in the relationship, that means sex. But when God says to go, go deeper with him, that means intimacy. He is looking for us to be intimate with him. Look, there's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb. There's going to be a time we are the bride of Christ. It, it kind of seems odd in today's society, but, but when you say this, we are actually going to be marrying Christ. Because we are the bride of Christ. We are marrying into the lineage of Christ. And, and people say, well, that, that must be hard to, to deal with, with the transgender and all this stuff. And you're saying, now we're going to be married to Christ. Well, it's the word. It's not me. Do you agree or disagree? Amen. In, John, in James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner, and purify your heart. <laughs> you double-minded. Now, James chapter 1 and verse 8 says this, A double-minded man is unstable in some of his ways. No, in all of his ways. Let me tell you something. Things happen to people. But if you fall apart when things happen, what kind of relationship do we have with Jesus? Let me give an example. Pastor, pastor Jim comes to, came up here. He's a real tall pastor. You remember him? Yeah, Jim Butcher, I was going to get to the last thing in a second. But yeah, Pastor Jim uh, Butcher, he's, he's real tall, and he stood right there. And he, read, he wrote a book, and he's a wonderful man. Him and his whole family, great people. Okay. Two days ago, two days ago, Christmas Eve, His father-in-law passes away. Christy, and, uh, Christy called Karen and gave condolences and, and told how sorry that we are. Wonderful people. And yesterday, 
his mother passes away. So last night I was returning phone calls late, and we talked to him about 10 o'clock, and he really sounded good. Why did he sound good? You say, well, he's in denial. No, he's been hit hard. Let me tell you, he's been hit hard. To lose a father-in-law and then a day later, a day and a half later, that your mom passes away at Christmas time, how horrible is that? Both of them are in heaven, thank you, Jesus, but the family's left. But we talked to him last night, and he's not living in denial, but he's living in the steadfast of Jesus that when things go wrong in our lives, if we have a relationship with him, <coughs> he's our strength. He's our strength that keeps us to fall apart. I know when, when my mom died, I, was, I, preached, uh, we, I preached her funeral, and actually Pastor Jim, he's preaching his his mother in law, I mean, his father in law's funeral, and then he's preaching the, the next day, he's preaching um, his mother's funeral. And then, on top of that, there was another lady in his church that was an elder lady, elderly lady who died of COVID. He has that funeral this week also. And there's another lady within his church that's rather old who is on death's door. So he told me last night, he says, Pray for me. I may have four funerals this week, that one of them will be my father-in-law, one of them is going to be my mother. I was back in the pulpit after preaching my mom's funeral, I was back in the pulpit on Sunday morning of that week. Somebody said, well, won't you take some time off? No, let me tell you something, we can't take time off. Preachers can't take time off. Yeah, you can go to your beach trips and you can do this and you can do that and all that kind of thing and you can deal with things that you have to deal with. But let me tell you something. I believe that time is short. And I don't believe that we have time to, to flip-flop around in who we are in our relationship with Jesus and whether we're steadfast, whether we're unmovable, whether we're double-minded, whether we hate this person or hate that person or, or can't stand this or can't stand that. We have to be focused on souls. These campuses, if, when you go to Winfield, or when you go to the Pulse Putnam County, when you go down there and, and you hear the stories of people, how they were rescued out of hell and drugs and sexual addiction and all these kind of things, the first year that I, that I went to the, the anniversary service, I sat there and boohooed in my hands because of knowing that people are rescued and that I get to be a part of of that process. God allows me to be a part of that. And the same here. And bringing Pastor Doug on board. To be able to help people. Uh, to, to be delivered from addiction. And, and to love people. And to see this place flourish. I hope it grows to where there's two, three services. You say, well it didn't do that with you. I don't care. I'm hoping the next man. Which is Pastor Doug. That this thing is busting out at the seams. I have no jealous bone in my body. Man, I'm telling you what, I am so excited. And I'm so excited to be able to help people in their relationship with Jesus to start ministry, to be involved in ministry, to, be, to uh, you know, start a business, whatever. I love that kind of stuff. 
do you pray for Pastor Jim Butcher and Karen and their family? Because they're really going through it. But he's steadfast. And he's unmovable. And he's unshakable. Why? Because he's not let the storms of life get him down. That boy can hit a golf ball like you wouldn't believe. He beat my dad. Did you beat him? Once? (laughs) Wonderful family. So you pray for them. Some of you all are dealing with sickness. Some of you all are dealing with things where people are, uh, you know, in the hospital and, and different things. And, but yet, we, you know, we're believing God and we're standing with you all that, that God is going to do things. And I'm not saying that you're weak if you fall apart over circumstances. But what I'm saying to you, look, things are go- the wind is going to blow in your life. The, the storm is going to come in your life. It has in ours, it has in yours, but let me tell you something. He tells us that if we, are, if we are planted on a firm foundation, then here's what he says. We shall not be moved. And that's the word of God, and you have to understand that that's just the word of God. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, wishy-washy. Uh, first, it's in James chapter 1, verse 8. If you un, un, if you uh, define the word unstable, it means prone to change, to fail, sudden change of mood. There you go, change of mood. Men, I do not encourage you that if your wife gets in a bad mood, that you look at them and you tell them that they're double-minded and unstable in all their ways. I encourage you not to do that. <laughs> Or women, the same with your husband if he gets moody. It, it, it seems as Christians that sometimes that they're up and down in their relationship with Jesus. Excited one minute and down the next. And I hear a lot of, I'm a gonna. I'm a gonna do this, and I'm a gonna do that, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that, and I'm fixing to do this, and I'm fixing to do that. But you never see any results out of that. Because what you're seeing is you're seeing people constantly up and down in their relationship with Jesus. And let me tell you something. He and I, I, he has walked and I have walked with him since I was 11 years old. I am 52 years old. Let Let me tell you something. I have been through the fire and so have some of you. But let me tell you something. Being through the fire, we are made perfect through the opposition and through the struggles. And let me tell you something. It's not that I welcome it. But it sure does help. It sure does help. And vengeance is God's. He will repay. He will repay. Whether if it's not on this side of this world, it's on the other side. Don't go seeking vengeance towards people that have done you wrong. You pray for them. It is important that you have consistency in your relationship with God. Is your Bible wore out? Do you have to get another one? You say, well, mine's on my phone. Great. But are you reading it? Are you seeking the will of God? Are you praying? And, and, you know, you don't have to read the whole thing in one day. I get stuck on one verse sometimes. I mean to tell you, I absolutely... I couldn't believe this. I was amazed 
And I stumbled across this, and I don't know, I don't know how that I stumbled across it, but I did. I guess it was God's way of getting me to it. Over in, this is not in my notes, but over in Luke chapter 5, I shared a little bit uh, during our Christmas service. Um, Jesus, I think it's Luke chapter, Luke chapter 6, I think it's Luke 6, hold on a minute, let me find it here. Uh, Luke chapter 6, hmm, I done missed it. Luke chapter 5, I thought it was that word. He tells us that he marveled at the unbelief of people. He marveled at the unbelief of people. So what he did was he went around in the villages teaching. What do you think he was teaching? He was teaching faith. Getting people in, 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 in the faith mode. We want to see God move. He is pleased with our faith. He's pleased with that. But we can't be unstable. We can't be prone to change, to fail uh, in a sudden mood of, uh, uh, change of mood. We, we can't be that way. And, and so in consistency, it means acting or done in the same way over time. Some of you are getting that. And I'm excited for the ones that are getting that. And I'm also discouraged a little bit by the ones that that aren't because you're getting some real good teaching through your connect groups and through the Bible studies and through your preaching and all that kind of but it seems like that, that a few of you are still having that difficulties getting a hold of it and getting the flesh under control but let me tell you something God is still working on us you are not a hopeless case I am not a hopeless case God is continuing to work on us to help us to get it and that's my prayer to you is that God helps you to get it I have a friend of mine that's working on his pilot's license, um, and he, um, he's really come a long way, but he's, he's really trying to get some things done by the end of the year that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But, but anyway, he was telling me how he um, lands the airplane, and he was telling me how he will turn on final, and he'll really kick that left rudder. And it, when you kick that left rudder, it causes that back into that airplane to sling around. It'll cause it to sling around. And then it'll, it'll swing back. It always comes back to where it was. He says, yeah, on final, he says, I'll kick that. My instructor, which is not Brad, but his instructor, he gripes at me about it because he says, you'll fail your test by doing that. Well, my thing is this, stop doing it. <laughs> you know, it's fun to go out and do stuff like that, but when you kick the rudder back, you know, you and you're at a slow speed, you know, you have the opportunity to stall. And that's what I told him. I said, you need to stop doing that. But here's what we have to understand. Is that I know, because I've been taught, what speed that airplane lands at. I know what speed that airplane takes off at. I know what speed that I have to put those flaps down to get myself back on the ground. But if I, all of a sudden, and this is what I think the church does in a lot of areas, we want to do it our way. We want to do it the way we want to. And, and it's like, okay, you're supposed to land at 70, but you decide to land at 80, you're going to have trouble. But let's just do it. Well, you know, it's going to be fun, and I'm just going to take matters into my own hands, and I'm going to land this thing. Or I'm going to take off at 40 and, and, instead of 70 and, or 62 and roll out and from there, and, and I'm just going to do that just for, 
you know what will happen? Your nose will fall straight down into the ground and you could die. Because you're not doing it by the textbook. If you do life by the textbook, you won't crash and burn. Don't do it on your own. Because it's not our way, it's God's way. So I want to encourage you today to put the kingdom first. The kingdom must be first. Christy and I, our family came Christmas Eve and... uh, and it was just Christy and me on, on uh, Christmas Day, and we had a great time. We, we ate, and we ate, and then we ate some more. And we worked out yesterday <laughs> to, to try to eliminate, but um, we just had a great time, just her and me. And we talked to people throughout the day, and we watched a couple of Christmas shows that we like to watch. And we did the Bible study that morning at home and uh, had all the equipment set up, and we just had just a phenomenal day. Yesterday was a different story. You get stir nuts after being at home after a certain time and you want to go out and do something. And so we, we went out and just had a great time. We're going to Florida on Tuesday. Let me tell you something. I want to finish life with this woman right here. And let me tell you something. I absolutely love her. 31 years we've been married. Somebody asked me, they said, you ever been divorced? And I said, well, I'm sure Christy wanted to kick me out a time or two. <laughs> say, nope. Luke chapter 9, verse 57, and I'll finish up here. And 57 through 62, it says this. It's not one of those hallelujah shouting messages, but it's one that I think that we need to know. Because the verdict is out, the verdict is in for 2020 that God is doing things. And it came to pass, this is talking about the kingdom of God, verse 57 of of, uh, chapter 9. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto the Lord, I will follow thee wherever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, he said, foxes and holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not where to lie his head. Verse 59 says, And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first that I go bury my father. (coughs) Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury the dead, and goest thou and preach the kingdom of God. He's telling this person. (coughs) Let the dead bury the dead, and go thou and preach the kingdom of God. 61 says, and another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And I finish up with this. And Jesus said unto him, no man, having put his hands to a plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. I had a couple more verses. I forgot about these. Winston Churchill said this. 
He said, we must learn from our mistakes so that we don't repeat them. Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14 says this. It says, brethren, I count not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Jensen Franklin preaches a message that tells us that we need to have spiritual amnesia. We need to get those things, we need to learn from the things that God has taught us, but we don't need to dwell on those things that God, that God has taught us. Let me tell you something. There's been some storms at 403 Elk Street, which is right here. We've seen the storms. We've seen the storms, but God is helping us through those storms, and I believe that our church, Christy and I were talking about this, and I believe this beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has helped this church to turn it around. Why? Because he said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And as your pastor, I want to thank each and every one of you and look you in the eye that have been with us for a long time and a short time. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and tithing, your faithful, faithfulness and being here and being a part of what God is doing with the Pulse Church. I never thought, I made a comment, I remember I was standing right here, I never thought the Pulse Church International would be so quick. There's a man who watches us faithfully in Germany. People watching, new people every day that are watching. I don't take it for granted. What an awesome opportunity. I remember standing one time, I pastored a different church one time um, years ago, and I walked out, it was blue blazing cold that day at Morgantown, and I remember walking out to, through the concourse to see the breathtaking field of Mountaineer Stadium. And it was breathtaking. And I saw those chairs full. And I said, yes, Lord, I know. That's what I said to him. I said, yes, Lord, I know. 20 years later, God is helping the Pulse Church to minister to as much people that fills that stadium on a regular basis. You say, well, you're concentrating on numbers. No, it's souls. It's souls. There was one week we reached enough people that would fill the, the, the basketball coliseum in Morgantown. It would take 24 24 sets of, of, of services to be able to reach those amount of people filling up this building. God has something big up his sleeve. And in these last days, I pray that we're a part of it. If God hasn't turned your situation around yet, he will. Stop working against him and start working for him. Stop trying to fix it on your own. We've seen God do some great things. So here's the thing. What is your goal for 2021? We know what the word insanity means. It means to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. Not saying you're insane. 
But maybe you are if you keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. You've got to do something new to change what you're doing. You know, when I left the bank after two and a half years ago, when I left the bank, I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought, well, I'll go out and I'll apply for bank jobs and vice president jobs and maybe uh, get a president bank job somewhere down the road and I may have to move, who knows. That kind of thing got no results, no no, I sent out resumes, nothing. We're thinking, okay. God, you have to fix it. You know, you can't just sit around and wait on the money to show up. We continued to tithe, we continued to do things, and I continued to, uh, to do Uber and Lyft and Instacart and shopping and all this kind of stuff, and I mean, worked and worked and worked harder than I ever did at the bank. Maybe that's why they fired me. <laughs> no, that's not why. And it wasn't embezzling either. What happened was, and that's a word on the street, but what happened was is the bank wanted $70,000 in loan volume, in business loan volume for Braxton County. Well, let me tell you, it doesn't seem like a lot of people are starting businesses in Braxton County and need money. They never did fill my position. He told me, he said, you're the model employee, he said, but we just need $70,000 in loans. And he said, and the board members aren't happy about it. So withstanding that storm, God help me. But I got to tell you, I never looked back. Never looked back. Never looked back. Cynthia, the only agenda that I have is to fulfill God's will. For these pastors that come in and these pastors that we're going to see and these different things that are going on, <coughs> let me tell you something. It's to fulfill the plan of God. And that's what I'm encouraged about. I don't mind pulling myself back into the, into the, the corner and, and watch God move in somebody else's life. But he continues to move and bless ours. He says in verse 14, he says, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> so the kingdom of God must come first. I want to encourage you to buy notepads and fill them up. My mentor, James Ashworth, when you went to visit him, he had a chair, kickback chair, one of those electric chairs. And I noticed over there one day, beside of his, beside of his uh, chair, was a stack of legal pads like this. And I asked him, I said, what are you doing with those legal pads? Knowing this man, and he knew this, would never preach another sermon publicly from a pulpit he said God gave me a sermon and I wrote it down I'd like to have some of those legal pads and I thought you know being the tech guy that I am Ronald I thought well how old-fashioned is that to get a legal pad out and start writing when you can type from a computer I didn't tell him that but that's what I thought I thought you imagine how much you would save in space and so I thought well I'll try it I got a legal pad 
And it's the minute that the ink hits the paper, the revelation starts. So I want to encourage you to sit down and write. Sit down and take a scripture and go back and forth with it. So awesome. But if you don't want to grow in your relationship with Jesus, then you don't have to do any of that. And you'll maintain exactly like you did from 2020 to 21 and then 21 to 22 if we're still here in this world. I want you to grow. God wants you to grow. God wants you to grow. I'm excited. I'm excited to go rest for a few days in Florida. The weather is supposed to be nice. And I'm thankful to go with my, my partner and my best friend and just to have a good time. Pray for Pastor Jim Butcher. Pray for Karen as they bury their, their relatives. Many of you have family members that are sick and, and we need to pray for those. And I want to encourage you. Now, here, I want to encourage you now. Because the coronavirus is in Braxton County, in Gasaway, okay? There's people that are struggling with it. Don't walk around Mr. Macho without your mask on. I apply the blood and plead the blood of Jesus over Christy and me every day. I pray Psalm 91. John's teaching a series right, right now on it. Psalm 91. I'm encouraging you, follow what they tell us, six-foot difference, don't hug, wear your mask, and maintain health. You say, well, that's a lack of faith. Well, try it the other way, and let me see how it works for you. Pentecostal church up in, up in Flatwoods, up in Frame, no, up uh, Burn, Braxton, Burnsville, or someplace up there, all got sick, including the preacher. You say, well, they have a lack of faith. No. I'm not judging that, but I'm saying just do what they ask us to. Now, we're not shutting down. If they ever ask us to shut down, we can't shut down. You say, well, you're two-faced. You say, well, you know, you're not shutting down, but yet you're telling me to wear a mask. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. That's all I could say. God, you're so faithful. You've been so faithful for all these years to Christy and me, brought us through the storms, brought us through hard times, and thank God we're having more good times than bad times, God, and I praise you for that. I pray for families today. <coughs> I pray, Father God, where families are struggling um, financially, spiritually, physically, and emotionally, Father, even marriages that are, uh, that are trying to be ripped apart, <coughs> Father, I pray in Jesus' name, and we intercede right now for these people that are struggling. Father, I pray for the ones that are struggling with the coronavirus, Jesus, that this thing dies and goes back to hell where it belongs. And God, I believe you. And God, we just know that time is short. Lord, I pray for Pastor Doug and Kim and the ones that are coming with him as he finishes up his last service today. What an excitement that we see in Pastor Doug. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will use him 
for your glory and honor in this church. That people will be delivered from addiction, but people will walk in victory in their relationship with you. And God, we give you thanks and praise and honor for it because it's in the name of Jesus. Thank you for opening every door. Shut every door that you don't want any of us to go through, but open every door that you want us to walk through, Father God, and I promise you I'll walk through it because I just want to finish up doing your will in this world. And I thank you, God. I just praise you because it's in Jesus' name. If you look behind you, you will see goodness and mercy. Just look behind you. It follows you all the days of your life. The 23rd Psalm, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Yes. God's helping, man, I tell you. I need it. And I'm, I, John, I am so thankful. I'm thankful to have the opportunity to be able to come alongside people and help them in their ministries. Because I have people that did that with me. And, and not that I've arrived by any, any, most of the things that I do, I've stumbled into it by accident. But God led me there, you know what I'm saying? But I'm thankful. I appreciate that, John. God's faithful, and I'm encouraged. I'm so encouraged, and I'm encouraged for the next time that I preach up here, uh, which will be, who knows, but Pastor Doug will be here Sunday morning, and he will be, he'll, he will be preaching from the pulpit. Remember, change is, one thing about it, and one thing about change is that it is consistent. Things have to continue to change. Things have to continue to evolve. And so it, it may look weird at first, but just give it time and continue to invite people. Continue to be on the prayer call even tonight at 8 o'clock and continue to support one another. Does anybody have anything before we go? Anybody have any prayer requests before we go? Pray for Jim and Karen. Absolutely, Butcher. He, and, and let me give you this before you go. Jim Butcher is the one that came up with our slogan. The Pulse Church is all the Lord gave me. And he says, a church that beats to the heart of God. And I thought, that's it. I was looking for a slogan. Jim Butcher came up with that. So, we're excited. Okay. You need a microphone so people hear you. Huh? People need to hear you online because what they'll do is they'll just, people that are watching online, they'll see that we have at 8 o'clock, um, we're not going to stop. It's something that we need to do continually. And Barb and I had this conversation, and I was telling Barb that there's a former Satanist who's now an evangelist. His name's John Ramirez. And he said one of the biggest days for Satanists is Halloween. But the other one is the entire month of December because they pray. And, I mean, when they pray, they pray like at 7 o'clock at night till five the next morning i mean they're they're serious about prayer they're praying about the new year and what demons are going to be released that coming year and i, I was telling barb about that and she says well christy well we've been praying so much and we pray on a daily <coughs> basis she really feels like as christians we're prayed up but i want to encourage you all especially for the from now until the 31st is go ahead and write out what you want to see take place in the kingdom of God in 2021 and let that be your declaration. 
And then you start praying that and speaking that out. And we are going to counter whatever it is that the enemy wants to do to the United States of America. There's a lot of people that would like to see it destroyed. But God has a plan and a purpose for the United States of America. I was just listening to a sermon from Reinhard Bonnke, who died last year, and this was five years ago, but he said God wants to save America, and he has a plan and a purpose, and he's going to use America, I believe, to shake the nations, and he's going to use us to be a part of that shaking, and so be encouraged and just write out your declaration, the souls you want to see come into the kingdom of God, the plans and purposes that you want to see God unfold for your family, for the nation, for the world. So that's my encouragement to you. And, and what was that one preacher said that it's going to be not from the mega churches? Um, George Pearsons, who is Eagle Mountain Church, he's Kenneth Copeland's son-in-law. That Cal that's Texas, isn't it? Yeah, he said 2021 is going to be the year <laughs> of the local churches. Th these mega churches, there's nothing against mega churches, but God wants to move in the local church. And we're part of this end time great awakening. They, they are calling forth a billion souls to come into the kingdom of God. We're a part of that church. I really believe we're the remnant. We are the true body of believers. And we're going to see on this planet a billion souls. I think they're already coming in. And um, it's the local church that's going to be a part of that. It's, it's just ordinary people that are going to share the gospel that are going to see souls come into the kingdom of God. And God is going to give you the ability to pray for the sick and see them recover and pray for the miraculous and see it take place. And he's going to use you to lead people to the Lord. So it's, it is exciting. Amen. So we're excited about it and we're excited about what God's doing. So praise God. I don't think I have anything else. Everybody free and clear? Jesus, we love you today. We praise you today. We thank you, God, today. And we just praise you for what you're going to do. We thank you for a wonderful 2020. And we thank you, God, for a wonderful 2021. And I call it forth that this will be the best year coming up of your life. Even this last week will be the best last week of 2020 that you've ever had. I pray for money to come in for people. I pray, Father, for financial blessings to come in for people. And I thank you, God, for spiritual maturity. And we, God, we praise you. We love you. We thank you, God, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a blessed day.